In today's episode, Jessica Fjalkovich and I discuss how the words, just real quick, are three words that will kill, absolutely destroy your productivity. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. We must all suffer one of two things, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Jim Rohn. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and a bunch of really great human beings looking to get more stuff done. And uh, by the way, uh, quick announcement here. Uh, Finally, after more than a year in development, uh, I have completed and am launching my personality profile assessment for entrepreneurs. It's called the Do Zone DNA. You can learn more about that by going to dozonedna.com. Once again, that's dozonedna.com. And today we're going to talk to our guest uh, who is always spending time in the Do Zone. Her name is Jessica Fjelkovich. And Jessica is the founder of Exit Factor, a business exit expert and the number one best-selling author that speaks about how business owners can increase their efficiency, profitability, and ultimately value of their business. Jessica, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Josh. I really appreciate being here. So one thing I think is the key is to doing less stuff. Um, So I'm a recent new mother. I had my firstborn in October and I've realized that I've had to eliminate a lot of things off my plate that were no longer working for me or providing the results that I wanted to in order to elevate and do more important stuff, I would say. Yeah, less is more in this day and age. It's all about efficiency. And and you know it's it's a common theme that I've heard many times when I ask this question, what's the key to getting more stuff done in less time? Do less stuff. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of kind of a no-brainer. It's hard for I think it's hard for it's at least hard for me to sit down every week and I do it on Monday mornings and like, okay, what can I eliminate from my task list this week? It's like counterintuitive and I still want to hold on to some of those tasks, like for dear life, even though I know there's no reason to hold on to them. You know, I was sitting in uh, a presentation I I did last week and uh, my guest speaker was Adam Lyons. Uh, You may or may not be familiar with Adam, but uh, he acquires businesses. And so uh, kind of you, you help people get out of business and he acquires them. So, yep. Yeah. And uh, what he was talking about was he says, you know, I can get up on stage and do a presentation. Uh, and if I'm front of the, in front of the right people, I can sell up to $500,000 worth of whatever product. I've done that at least one or two times. And so that's the expectation. So maybe my time is worth about half a million dollars an hour. So I really probably shouldn't be doing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
So true. So true. My mine is always that's my excuse to get out of laundry too. So <laughs> this is not paying our bills. <laughs> no, no. This is yes. I could be doing way more valuable tasks. <laughs> And so, well, let's dig into that just a little bit, though, uh, you know, because it's it's a problem as entrepreneurs, we always run into this. Well, yeah, I can do it, Ah, man. I'll just do it myself. I can do it just real quick. I'll just I'll just knock it out. And that and that just real quick. I'll just do it real quick. What are some of the common things that that you have found that you really aside from laundry that you really shouldn't be doing? That, that maybe a lot of entrepreneurs are doing and maybe they should get it off their plate too. Yeah, I guess maybe, and I'll, I'll relate this to something that everybody can do. So my background, like before I became an entrepreneur was marketing. My degrees in marketing, I started in online marketing. So it's really easy for me to slip into anything that's digital or online marketing related and be like, I can real quick, just build a Facebook ad. I can real quick, just build a landing page because I know how to do it, right? That's my background. I know how to do it. Um. But to be honest, like going back to that hourly rate thing, that's actually something I'm acutely aware of. And I shouldn't be doing it at this point in my career and where my business is at. And to, and also to be honest, I'm not, I'm still not a marketer anymore. I'm not up to speed on all the new latest and greatest things and what I should be doing on those landing pages and Facebook ads. So say like, maybe I can relate that to, I think it's something we're doing in our businesses that we lean more heavily in is what we're comfortable with. Like maybe what our background is, was before we came into entrepreneurship or what, you know, we're used to doing, um, that comfort thing. So for me, it's marketing activities. I think that's the key. Uh, it's, it's that thing that we already know really well. It's that's the comfort zone of, well, nobody's as good at this as me. Right. Which is categorically false. Yes. Uh, but but we trick ourselves into believing it because our brains are pumping us with dopamine to keep us in that uh, <laughs> totally. comfort zone. Yeah. It, and and so you've seen a lot of businesses at a lot of different kind of levels of development, especially if you're talking about acquisitions. We'll we'll get into a little bit of what you do and who you serve here in a little bit. But but from the businesses that you've seen, the experiences that you've been a part of. What are some things that uh, that you've discovered that are kind of these? Uh, one of my mentors, Perry Marshall, would always said, "Tiny hinges that swing big doors." Uh, as you're looking at a business and preparing it to sell, what are those tiny hinges that you can swing that are going to make the big doors move and make the the biggest bang for your buck, if you will? Yeah. I mean, I think the first uh, on topics of what we should and shouldn't be doing is that mindset shift of not doing everything ourselves as owners. Um, In the business brokerage and acquisition industry, we call it owner operator businesses versus owner absentee businesses. And I know there's, you know, there's a lot of different terms for that of like working on the business versus working in. But I think the, the tiny hinge is the mindset shift of I don't need to control everything and every aspect of my business. And once owners have that shift and that realization, it opens up all kinds of possibilities of what can be happening in the business. And honestly, it increases the value because then it doesn't become owner dependent. Um, What I see a lot in a lot of our clients' businesses is that it's not that they can't hire, they can't delegate, or there's no one else that can do that. It's that they believe that they can't hire or they can't delegate. It's, it's that, that mindset shift. So I think that's the, the tiniest hinge that you can open. Um, and it, it just like 
it unleashes a world of possibilities. There's a, there's a lot of other things, but that's, I mean, that's a big one. So, so as, as an entrepreneur who has built their business from, from the very ground, like, uh, you know, Hey honey, I'm thinking about taking out a loan and starting a business, you know, and built it up to whatever level. How do you, how do you make that mindset shift? That's so small yet so big. Yeah. I think surrounding yourself with people, um, you know, we were just talking in the green room about different masterminds, things like that, but surrounding yourself with people that have done it before, um, not built your exact business, but built a business before, um, and being open to coaching and experiences they will share with you. I, I think that opens your mind to other things. Um, I, I love just an exercise in uh, a book uh, that I loved and I reference a lot is Dan Sullivan's Who Not How of just having a, a little exercise. Like I said, in Monday mornings, I go through and be like, what do I need to get off my task list? And at the top of my list, I write Who Not How every single Monday, um, just oh. reminding myself like, hey, this is, does not have to be me. It does not have to be on my task list. Like who can do this better? Uh, that those, those two things are practice that I I've really woven into my business thing. And I've learned so much from other people that one of my friends, I think I'm just going to claim this line for myself now, cause I've used it way more than he has. But one of my friends had told me years back that life's too short to make all the mistakes yourself. And you need <laughs> to learn from others mistakes. And that's what I consider being part of some type of business group, whether it's formal or informal to just have that reminder around me that I'm not in this alone. I don't have to figure all this out. And I think that's also helped me realize that I don't have to figure it out all alone in my business internally either. Life's too short to make all the mistakes yourself. You need to learn from others' mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. If somebody told me if, if, if you reference something once, you credit the person who said it twice you kind of credit it three times. I've said that line probably like 300 times now. So I should just claim it as my own. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's really no new ideas under the sun. So, yeah. I mean, if you just start quoting Shakespeare enough, then you can just be like, it was Jessica Fjallkovich. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I love that. I actually, uh, I ran a podcast for four years called how to lose money. Mm -hmm. And it was just about that exact topic of we just brought on a whole bunch of really successful people that shared that failure story and the lessons that they learned from it. Yeah. Uh, and I can actually tell you, and this may resonate with you, uh, with all of the different uh, situations that you've seen. Uh, there was a brief moment where uh, we got approached by a publisher and they wanted us to write a book. It's like, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, how do I turn, it was 238 episodes. I'm like, how do I turn this into a book? And so I went and I looked at all of the things that everybody said. And, you know, there's really only three reasons that somebody fails. There's yeah. really only three mistakes that you can make. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I want you to just like, tell me, how does this sit with you? Okay. But there are, there are three big failures that you can experience. And the first one has to do with pride, as in you went ahead anyway, even though you knew it probably wasn't going to work. Yep. Uh, the second one has to do with people, meaning you chose the wrong partners or you trusted the wrong advisors. Mm -hmm. And then the final one has to do with presumptions, which means mm -hmm. you basically have skipped the due diligence part and, and, and made all of these presumptions and assumptions, right? Pride people, 
presumptions. And that's what it ultimately came down to. I couldn't find a fourth one. Uh, yeah. Have you kind of seen that experience with all of these different businesses you've worked with? Yeah, I, I think those are three. I've never thought about those buckets like that, but yes, I've, I was, as you were saying that I was like, okay, well, this situation fits in presumptions, this situation fits in pride. Right. So they all, they all fit in those three buckets. Yeah. Right. And, uh, when you try, like I tell people that and they're trying, well, what about this? I'm like, eh, you know, it kind of you know, fits over here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, let me ask you this, uh, helping businesses exit is not like, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll help you generate leads on Facebook. Like that is a very specific thing to do. What ultimately got you into that? Yeah. So I started my first company when I was 24, uh, it was 2009. My husband and I had been recently laid off from a company that was funded by Lehman brothers. Um, so we all know who that story ended and 24, start my own business, thought I was going to be in it for a while. I didn't ever think I was going to be in it for my entire career. But three years later, when I went to exit that business, I realized there was very little help um, for smaller businesses. We're about three to 4 million in revenue. So I'd, I'd say we were on the larger end of small um, at that time, but there was very few resources to us for us to sell the business or like even no one knew what to do. Like I asked my attorneys, my CPAs they're like, oh, I don't know how to sell business like that. There's no brokers that'll take that on. And it made me realize like, this is a really big need. Well, um, why, why, why wouldn't they take on your type of business? The answer overwhelmingly I got was it's too small. It's too small. Um, what's, investment- what's considered too small. So I, I think back then, um, you know, anything under 5 million in sales. And I still think if you talk to the wrong people, right, we talked, we just talked about talking to the wrong people, the wrong advisors, um, you will still get a lot of those answers. I mean, investment bankers, um, and I love them. We've partnered with some great investment banks, but most of them won't talk to a business unless sometimes they're 25 to 50 million in revenue. And they'll tell you it's too small, no one's going to buy it. And the reality of the situation is that's a huge market. And that's what my realization was. Uh, we were fortunate enough that we were businesses really, right? It's like 99% of businesses and probably point six, seven. I don't know what the points are, but, um, that was, that was my realization and why I I dove into this market is because we were fortunately able to sell and then doing some market research, like some due diligence. I was like, yeah, this is where almost all businesses in the U S fall into and they're way underserved. Um, so I've been in uh, the brokerage and M&A industry for small businesses for over 10 years now. And that's just been my mission is providing services that you would expect to get from an investment bank, um, but on a smaller scale and helping the small to mid-sized business owner, helping the entrepreneur, right? And that's really the the majority of people who are looking to ultimately exit a business. I mean, if you think about you know, somebody that starts an ad agency or starts an HVAC repair service uh, or is running some kind of brick and mortar store, uh, you know, a restaurant or something like that. uh, At some point, they they either want to uh, exit that business and enjoy the fruits of their labor uh, or they want to create something that can be transferred to their family. Right. 
maybe I don't want to sell it, but if my son wants to run this business, then I can pass it down to him and it can be an asset instead of a liability where you have to go in there and be in the kitchen for 12 hours a day or the thing shuts down. Right. Right. Uh, and there's, uh, and what you're saying, and I, I would agree with you is there's, there's very little assistance out there because the big money is in the bigger businesses. Yeah. Yeah. It's chasing the big deals. And it's, and I like what you brought up too, Josh, the exit's not always about the sale. So what I do with exit factor, it's not just about selling like exiting to me is walking out the door of your business, being done with it. So Mm -hmm. that could mean that you sell it. It could mean that you transition it to the next generation, which happens less and less, but still happens. Um, it could be you giving it to, keys these- to a, the homeless guy that's been hanging right. out out front, whatever. That's an exit, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could give it to your employees um, or you could, you could decide to close it up, um, which is viable option, but most, most business owners don't do that in a strategic manner. They just, you know, are done one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but we're, we're all going to exit every single one of our businesses. It's just whether we choose to control that process or, or leave it up to fate really. I got it. I love that. And so, uh, I, I love the, uh, I love the way that your, your, your brain operates. And so I'd love to just crack open the noggin there and see how your brain ticks. We'll get into the do zone diagnostics. Is that right? All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Excellent. Well, uh, just five quick rapid fire questions. I ask every guest. I try to come up with fairly morbid descriptions, but I was pretty tame on this one because we don't know each other too well yet, but Next time, next time we do the do zone diagnostic, I'll crack it open. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So, hey, number one, what's one thing you do, Jessica, that keeps you focused on your goals? Mm. So one thing that I do is I'm going to try and think about something that's different. I I set goals, um, but I do review them once a month with my sister who's not in my business. So she's actually my target client. Like she owns a small business and I will go over my goals with her once a month and to make sure I'm approaching it. So it's something she would resonate with. Nice. Got it. And, and how do you get back on track whenever you lose that focus? Um, mine comes back to my morning routine. So I know if I'm skipping my morning routine, I'm going to get off track at some point. Um, one of the things that I incorporate into my morning routine is hot, cold therapy. So I'll do sauna and a cold plunge. So if I'm super off track and I haven't been doing my morning routine, I'll take a Sunday afternoon and I'll just cold plunge like three times in a row. Um, and that'll shock my system and get me back on track. Yeah. You know, I know this isn't a podcast about health, but my friend, Andrew Carlson talks about the, uh, the wonders of the cold therapy, taking cold showers for a couple of minutes. It, stimulates mitochondrial health. I don't know what that means, but, but he explained it to me and it sounded cool, but yeah, yeah. I've, I did start incorporating that and it makes such a difference in your ability to focus. Yeah. It's really, it's pretty cool. Nothing, nothing shocks your system back into shape, like, you know, jumping into 55 degree water. So, <laughs> And who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? So I have a number of support groups. I am part of a business mastermind group that uh, I've been with for seven years and they keep me accountable. We meet on a monthly basis and we do have like accountabilities that we report on every month. Um, I, I also have two really strong mentor relationships that I meet with one in a structured mentorship session once a month. Um, and the other, we're pretty much texting or chatting all week long. And that's where I do get some accountability and support 
but they also check me more on my long-term goals. Whereas my business mastermind group is more of like month to month. My two mentors are about long-term goals. What am I trying to accomplish? Three, 10. I just had a conversation about like, what is the legacy I'm trying to achieve now that I have a son, right? That was one of the, the mentorship calls I had earlier last week. Nice. Gotcha. And how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Mm. So first I ask the who, not how. So I'm trying not to make the same mistakes um, as others have made. So I'm usually reaching out to one of those groups for support first. So if I'm trying to tackle a project, I don't know how to do the first thing I'm going to do is ask people around me who's been successful in that project and then have some phone calls with people trying to figure out what they did and what I can learn from them. Great answer. Last question. What's the number one pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? I I really think the who not how thing is really powerful. Who not how and what can I not do this week? I, I think just doing it in practice um, for a couple weeks in a row, you'll get so much off your plate and you'll get way more done than you ever thought you would. What can I not do this week? Yeah. Best advice I've heard in a while. So let me ask this. Uh, first and foremost, who is the best ideal candidate for your service and, and how do you serve them? Yeah. I mean, ideal candidate is a, typically a small business owner that's wondering, is my business sellable in the future? And it could be five, 10 years in the future. It doesn't have to be today, um, but really someone that's striving to sell their business in some form of an exit in the future. And, and are there any the, particular kind of brackets on that, that, you know, is there a sweet spot? Um, so most of our clients are doing at least 250,000 revenue annually up to about 30 million. The average is right about a million. Um, and, and then time-wise, I don't think so. I think, look, if you're, if you want to sell your business in less than two years, like it's, it's, some, it's a conversation you have to have today. Um, it takes about a year to go through the actual transaction process and then at least a year to prepare, if not three years. Right. So if you're in the, that two year or less zone, like you need to be having the conversation today. And if you're in five years or less, like you, you should be having it, if not today in the next couple of weeks. Um, there is it, it not getting into valuation and all the deep stuff, but when, when you sell businesses, people look back at history, um, of the company. So you can't have just one great year and sell it on that. You have to have, um, some historical proof for three, four five years in order to get the max value for it. So that's a, that's a timing. So you said it takes at least a year to prepare and another year to complete the transaction. So it's kind of a two-year process. Yeah, minimum. And what would you say would be if, if I am a business owner who kind of falls into that window and I want to sell my business, let's say in the next couple of years, what would, what would be the, the, the top three tips that you would give to me in order to really prepare for a successful exit? Yeah. Well, the first is we, we just talked about is realize that it's going to take some time. So you're going to have to invest some time and prepare um, to do that. It, you know, exiting your business isn't something that just happens. It's just not like, you know, you decide to retire one day and you haven't saved this whole time and you retire and magically your 401k account fills up. Like it's just like selling a business. Like you've got to dedicate some time to this in advance. 
The second is you really need to get serious about your financial records. So when you go to sell your business, um, there is a due diligence period. It's like an inspection period and the buyer will look at your financials, their lawyers, their accountants, their, you know, their business bankers, and, and they're really going to look for clean books and records, meaning they need to be consistent over time. Um, you can't have too many personal items in there and, and you want to show like a, a consistent pattern of profitability or growth. So really get, get serious about documenting your financial records, keeping them as clean as possible and making sure they're updated at least on a quarterly basis, if not monthly. And then, um, the, the last thing is it goes back to the, what can I not do? Try not to make the business about you, right? We all know. And, and this goes back to Josh, like one of your, uh, mistakes you identified was pride. Right. And I, I said at the beginning, like that mindset shift of, you know, it's not about me is what can you not do in your business and what can you rely on others for? Because the less the business is reliant on you, the more it's worth. And I know that's a process and that takes time, but that's also why we're starting so far in advance. Well said. So the notes I got here are be aware of the timing that it's going to take and when you want to exit get very serious about having clean financial records and books. And finally, don't make the business about you. Mm -hmm. Very true. Excellent. And and so tell us about, you have a, you have a book uh, and does this book kind of go into some of those strategies? Yep. So the book is called, uh, called getting the most for selling your business. And it's an overview of all those strategies and a couple more about how to prepare your business for sale, get the most for it, um, and structure it. So it's most likely to be sold. It's quick read. Um, so we have five content chapters and then the back half of the book, the second five chapters are all top 10 lists. You can reference like the top 10 mistakes sellers make, the top 10 things that SBA bankers look for, things like that. Okay. Great. And, uh, where can, where can somebody go to engage with you if, if they're interested in learning more about uh, possibly selling their business? Yeah. The best way, and thanks for asking Josh, the best way to get in touch with me is if you go to exitfactor.com backslash podcast, it has links to all my social media profiles. Um, you can take our free assessment there too. And it has a link to the book as well. Got it. So that's exitfactor.com slash podcast. Correct. Very good. Uh, exitfactor.com. Jessica Fjalkovich has been our guest today. Oh, by the way, I hear you're a fan of the boss. I love the boss. I, I, I say I'm his, uh, most avid fan that was born in the eighties. <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't claim his top fan because you know, my aunt who's been around his shows since the early seventies, I'll never see as many shows as she did. So For those of you who may have been born in the eighties or nineties, we're referring to Bruce Springsteen, otherwise known as the boss. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, if you're not familiar with him, you really should be, he is, he is one of the original rock legends uh, of all time. So how many concerts have you been to? I stopped counting at 50. I think I'm over <laughs> 60 at this point. Um, wow. and he's touring next year. I'm coming to Austin to see him, um, with my best friends. So we'll, if okay. you have to get tickets, we'll meet up beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. All right. So, uh, Bruce Springsteen party next year here in Austin, Texas, Jessica and I will, uh, bring the hors d'oeuvres. Yes. We'll have a good time. Great. Jessica Fialkovich, uh, founder of Exit Factor. To learn more and to engage with her directly, you can go to exitfactor.com. And she has a bunch of really good goodies and uh, assessments at exitfactor.com slash 
podcast. We're going to wrap up uh, from here. And uh, if you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, you can go to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. And don't forget, uh, I have launched the Do Zone DNA personality profile assessment for entrepreneurs. Uh, you can learn more about that by going to dozonedna.com. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? Go do something already. See you next time.